the roundtable podcast episode 12 i'm your host q joined by saint saying how you doing today doing great man my boys won yesterday both of them <laughs> yeah i see that uh speaking of the nfl nfl season started on uh thursday uh, but most of the games came on yesterday and one of the biggest games and news coming out of that is the new orleans saints versus the tampa bay buccaneers Got to see Tom Brady in a new uniform. Got to see Gronk back. Got to see Fournette, the whole game. But the New Orleans Saints had other plans by beating them. I believe the score was 24, was it 24-33? 34, I think. Yeah, so they lost by 10. Brady did get a uh, touchdown, but he did have a pick six as well. So, Saint man, I know you are feeling good because your boys won. Uh, what are your thoughts on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers by seeing that? Uh, it's early, definitely super early to um, see if the Bucks or anything are going to pan out. They did mess around and get into one of the toughest divisions in football. I kind of want to toss my Saints in is winning hands down. Uh, Atlanta looked decent too yesterday as well. So it's going to be tough, um, especially if everybody stays healthy. But I will go back to last week's show when I say it, that those guys, they didn't really get that much better. Um, you get Tom Brady maybe five years ago, you would throw them into Super Bowl contention. Uh, but a 42-year-old Tom Brady, a couple of hits uh, removed from retiring Gronk, um, Mike Evans still, Mike Evans still a dog. Uh, Marquise Goodwin's also a speedster on the outside, and Leonard Fournette has something to prove. But even still on the defensive side of the ball, they they did not get any better. So I'm I'm curious to see how they play out for the rest of the season or how um, how they adjust from here. Yeah, I'm curious too, and I know that. Tom Brady has always been, you know, classified as the go. He's the legend. But I honestly, I see a lot of inconsistency in his play in the past couple of years. And I, I get it because he's an older quarterback. But I think that a lot of commentators, analysts kind of want to just overblow that. It's kind of sucks. I know Jameis Winston had a lot of issues in Tampa Bay with his interception ratio, but I mean, it didn't look too much different than what I've seen last year from Tampa Bay. It really didn't. Um, I know it's still early. They still got to get that chemistry, but you could tell the chemistry was off. And I didn't. I think New Orleans was just on a whole nother level. They, they've been playing together for years now. That same team really wasn't a whole lot of changes. I didn't know that your boy on defense, Jordan, was a beast like that. What, what do you mean? Cam Jordan, by far top three defensive linemen? You say yeah, Aaron Donald, you say... Maybe Calais Campbell, and then you start throwing Cam in there. Yeah, you know, so I, I've always known him to be that, but this is my first time actually watching him play. 
And yeah, dude was a beast, man. You they sir are nice not team. a football fan. <laughs> I guess not. <laughs> the way you feel about the NBA bubble, I kind of feel like that about the NFL this year, just because I'm like, I'm into it, but then I'm not. Mm. I'm just, you know, I'm trying to keep up with it, but it's, it's kind of hard because even I think NFL more, the crowd is more involved and you got the, you know, the quarterback waving down the crowd noise, you got the defense out, but I did notice on Thursday when Kansas City played the Texans, Kansas City was able to have somewhat of a crowd. So I wonder if that's just for outside stadiums only or something. Hmm. Uh, well, I think it's the whole thing with like a dome versus the open uh, versus open. Um, I can't think of the word open arenas. I know some cases like our beloved lion said that uh, I think at one point they're not having anyone home, anyone come to the games until like the second or third home game. Um, they're still trying to figure it all out on, as far as. Oh, man, ain't nobody need to come to that game anyway. <laughs> they still trying to figure lot, it out. You know, a lot of people text me on Sunday was like, yo, Q, you watching the Lions? I probably <laughs> said no like five times. I'm like, no, I'm not watching it. I got to work on Monday. You're not ruining my my weekend by watching them. And um, Didn't they come on at 1 o'clock? How you not? <laughs> I ain't messing with it, man. I, 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 for some, I, you know, I turned to it. I seen Stafford. Mm. He was balling. He was hitting his receivers, but... Um, I turned it off, um, did some things around the house. Then I went out with my boy Ken and Buffalo Wild Wings. And uh, <laughs> I come back and he's like, hey, did you hear what happened to the Lions? I said, I don't even think I want to know what happened. And he said uh, they blew it. Um, their second round pick, pick Swift uh, from Georgia missed a, a catch to win the game. Um, I'm not so mad at Swift, he's a he's a rookie, but I'm more just like it's the Lions being the Lions. They had a decent lead. Uh, Chicago to me is not a contender, um, but it's just the Lions being Lions, man. I I know you you're not a really huge Lions fan like that, but no sir, I am not. <laughs> do you see them even? For example, next week they got to go to Lambo, I think. So do you see nope. them pull out a win? <laughs> <laughs> nope. Not even oh in the slightest. Especially considering how well uh, Green Bay played this or yesterday. Yeah. Uh, how well they played yesterday. I don't see it. It looks like everybody's clicking there. Uh, guys are starting to get their chemistry together. And you still have uh, the Adams boy out there on the outside. And I don't know as much as I love the fact that my boy is playing for, well, I hate the fact he's playing for the Lions, but he's still a rookie. So Devontae Adams is going to eat. And then how do you stop everybody else? And then you're still talking about Aaron Rodgers as well. So I don't see him yeah. winning that game either. The Bears are probably their best shot. I don't even think they can beat Minnesota at this point. I mean, yeah, I, I stopped sipping the Lions, Lions Kool-Aid a long time ago. I used to buy in, but... I really try not to, not because I'm not a homer, I'm not dedicated, just I don't want to get disappointed. It's like you go into the store and you look at the something, you know they sold out everywhere, like the Nintendo Switch. And then you say, okay, this Target has it. And damn well, that Target does not have that. I don't want to have that feeling. <laughs> right. I don't want that feeling of disappointment. So, um, yet again, the Lions lost. Uh, could have had a game winner, but we'll see what happens next week. Uh, there's some more games that went on. The Seahawks looked pretty good. Um, Russell Wilson was balling. 
Uh, I mean, they won. Um, kind of strange that Jacksonville went against Indianapolis. I think Jacksonville pulled off the win. Um, yeah, Philip Rivers in uh, Indianapolis now, so that was kind of weird seeing him in yeah, that's, that's a coaching really uniform. Um, I think one of the games that I was watching last night was the Cowboys against the Rams. Uh, <laughs> Cowboys doing Cowboys things as well. Yeah. I, I don't know who the fan base is working. You think the Lions fan base is worse or the Cowboys? Uh, I think actually, and they're not even included in your thing, but I think that the U of M fans are by far the worst fans, but you know, uh, they are. <laughs> oh my God. I can't, I can't disagree. Cause we, we act like we didn't want five titles in a row. Even like they won since 97. How long is it? Solid 20 <laughs> years. I'm talking every year I get, we went in the championship this year or even before, uh, the sense of like contending for championships or being relevant again, we gonna kick y'all ass this year. Like, come on, man, right. y'all done lost like six times in a row. Just let it go. Nah. Yeah, yeah, I like U of M. But I'm more engaged with the U of M basketball team when I when I try to put my faith and confidence. Like, yeah, we beat Ohio State this year. I, every time I say that, the blowout gets worse. So I don't say anything no more. I just like, I hope they win. But Cowboy yeah. fans, as far as uh, NFL teams are probably the worst because they're still they're living in that sense of uh, the, the U of M glory days where Muggs ain't won since I don't know what year in 90 they won I think Dion was on the team the last time they yeah, won it was like 94 95 since the last time the Cowboys were even in a Super Bowl so yeah that's <laughs> so all they do now is just talk about oh it's gonna be our year like nah fam. I don't I think, think yeah, Dak is it right. <laughs> Yeah, I think with the Lions, we we expect to lose, but we hope we win. Like the Cowboys fans really think they're going to win a Super Bowl every year. So, yeah, I think right Lions fans have Stockholm syndrome though. They start off, <laughs> <laughs> they start off thinking that you know everything's so sweet, or uh, the Lions give you hope for a couple of weeks, maybe three or four weeks of just solid play, and then the inevitable happen either. The line starts not blocking. The defense gives up a ton of points. As much as crap as I give uh, Matt Stafford, he's consistent. Um, but there's never any consistency behind him. No running game. Or when they do get a running game, he ain't throwing the ball all that well. It's never a thing of everybody clicking like they should be for a team. I agree. So jumping from the NFL, we're going to jump into the NBA. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Before oh. you get in there, okay. I... I love football, right? Absolutely yeah. love football. By far my favorite sport ever. But mm-hmm. like you and the Bucks last week, uh, oh, I, yeah. it's just a oh, rant about the idea of the NFL being back. Did, is, is that where we are, people, to where we need? We're that hard up for sports that we're willing to... And I get it. The players have a choice whether or not they should play or they shouldn't play, um, whether or not it's in the best interest of their family and everything along those lines. But for me, I don't understand why we're pushing so hard for sports to be back. And um, from a business perspective, I get it because you have a ton of people that are, and I'm saying a ton of people, i.e. owners that are losing money because uh their teams aren't on, people aren't buying memorabilia, people aren't in the stands being drunk and tailgating and all those other things that you look forward to during 
uh, football season. But as much as I love football season, there's a lot more important things going on uh, in America, like the upcoming election, not telling you who to vote for at all. But there's a lot more important things and issues going on that we need to rectify first instead of looking to um, enjoy sports because we just can't live without sports going on. And the fact that most of these damn stadiums are as empty as they are further adds to that thought that sports aren't that important or it shouldn't be held at such a high standard for um for us to have in the moment. The fact that your stadium is at a quarter of its capacity um, or they're gonna lose viewership regardless because everybody's streaming everything now. I won't link my site, you know, I'm not, I'm not giving that up. But, <laughs> <laughs> but even still, it's like, it, are we really that? It, the sports matter that much? And I wanna say in America, but I mean, uh, soccer's going on too, and that's the most popular sport in the world. And it, for me, I'm just like, we have so much other stuff that we could be focusing on and rebuilding instead of, hey, Patty Mahomes just threw another touchdown. Adrian Peterson broke the all-time rushing record or something that just is super insignificant in the matter of the grand scheme of what's going on in the world today. All right, that's my rant. <laughs> yes, I forgot that you had this rant because I, I was ready to hear it. Um, you know, I, I feel like people think that COVID took a, a halftime break or something, like it's just chilling for a minute. But it's still around, it's still, maybe the numbers are not hysterical like before, but it's still around, it's still a chance of people getting it. Hell, when the healthiest people on earth, The Rock got it. So, I mean, don't get me started on the uh, the the dang uh, conspiracy behind that all that they wanted us to take it oh seriously, so they gave it to the Rock. <laughs> oh my God! Just like they said, yeah, they gave it. They paid Kevin Durant and Idris Elba to get it, man. I've heard that before. I don't, like I said, I don't think necessarily conspiracy. And I thought I think it's a, it's, I think they were aware of it and just didn't act upon it, but. You're right. I think the sports world is not going to move. I don't like the fact that they're just throwing stuff together. Although it's it's almost like it's not that bad, but it's bad. Like not having a crowd. Um, the play sometimes the players don't even look like they're really into it. I've seen a play yesterday. I think it was the Rams and Cowboys in the beginning. Um, it was I don't know who it was, but it was almost like a pat on the back. Like they tackled them and then helped the other player up. And usually in football, your teammates help you, not the opponent. Rarely you'll see that. But um, I, I don't like the fact that everything is just thrown together. I'm, I mean, of course, I'm. A, I like seeing sports, but if I didn't have to see it, I wouldn't be hurt. It wouldn't be the end of the world that football ain't on, basketball is not on. To start over next year, I feel like this has kind of interrupted my 2K as well not to get into video games because it's so weird because it's like in 2K you usually have the rookies on there and everything it's like they even have an NBA draft yet because they're still going on with this season that started last year around this time almost yeah. so it's, just, it's just weird I think they should have watched this season for the NBA especially and started being more productive because I think you know, although the bubble I guess has been successful 
they could have made it even more successful if they took more time. But they, like you said, these owners, it's about that almighty dollar. They got to make sure that they get in their pockets and it's pretty much just like the world. Like right now, it's kind of like, well, if you catch it, you catch it, which is sucks, you know, but yeah, I agree. I could do without. I, I, I might not be as harsh as you. It might be a little bit more nice, but I, I could do without. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. But um, yes, um, speaking of the NBA in the bubble, had a couple teams that closed out. Again, Miami did beat Milwaukee in advance of the Eastern Conference Finals. Boston beat Toronto in the game seven. Came down to the wire. Boston Celtics pulled it off. Tatum, Jalen Brown, Kemba, all three of them had a good game. Um, now we are approaching, but actually, I'm sorry. Yeah, the Lakers beat the Rockets. And five. That. In, yeah, in five. <laughs> did, you, did you say five or six? I said five. Five, okay. So I might have been them. six. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> yeah, probably don't even matter. They was looking pathetic anyway. Um, so right now, we're just waiting on the Denver Nuggets versus the Lodges of the Clippers. Game seven, Denver has came back from a 3-1 lead to tie it up. There's a lot of questions going around. In my opinion, if the Clippers lose this, Dot Rivers is gone. He's been there for seven years. He's had those Chris Paul, Blake Griffin teams. Now he has assembled this team with Kawhi and Paul George. I feel like this owner, Bomber, he's not a person to play with when it comes to team gloves winning. It's because of the field that he's in outside of basketball and how much you know he drives off of competition. I feel like this is make or break for Doc Rivers. Um, I feel like they will make a lot of adjustments if they lose. But if the Clippers win, I do feel that they can go and give LA, Los Angeles Lakers, I should say, they can give them a, a good seven games as well. Right now, I'm just lost. I'm waiting for what happens tomorrow. So, saying, let me ask you your opinion. Do you see that Denver's going to pull it off tomorrow in game seven, or you see Los Angeles? Uh, it's a ton of different factors. The My initial thought is that Kawhi is going to do Kawhi-like things and um, play both sides of the ball and play for 40-whatever minutes that are needed. Um, the only thing is, is that if he does go all out to ensure that they make it to the next round, coming up against a fresh uh, Lakers team, I don't see them being able to slow those guys down like uh, they would if they would have closed it out in five or six. Because in all three of those games, they blew like, double digits leads. And they were even blowing leads against Dallas as well. Um, Dallas just didn't have the firepower to. Uh, make them pay for it as much or they were able to pull it together in the last couple of minutes so that they could come out and Kawhi had to play out of his mind in all of those games in order for that to happen um, so I do think the the Clippers will probably come out with the game itself I just think that uh, with the amount of effort that they have to put in to win this game it's going to make uh, that Lakers series that much more tougher and we all know that this is just here to submit LeBron's legacy and have him pass <laughs> Jordan in the super subjective uh, conversation about who the GOAT is. You know, I was I was sitting there thinking too um, 
if I'm any team that's left, if I'm, if I'm actually, I'm gonna say this: if I'm the Lakers, I don't want to play Denver, and I don't want no smoke with Miami because these young cats is balling. I don't yeah. know if it's just because it's the bubble or what. They are just balling. Um, looking at the Los Angeles Clippers, I think they got too relaxed. I think that I don't think Lou Williams has been the same since he came back from the strip club. I don't Damn know. Damn chicken. <laughs> that lemon pepper must have been that good. Must have been hitting. Damn. But he, I feel like for this game seven, he's gonna have to come out the bench. I'm realizing too, although I like Trez, they don't really have an answer for Jokic. You know, they he's getting off. Um, he's kind of controlling the game, and you know, Jamal Murray, he's showing that he's a. Uh, perennial all-star he's been balling he has shown like he's that player that's never going to give up no matter how many seconds are on the clock so I think this is going to be tough I, I, I'm going to be realistic I think them, uh, I'm not sorry I think Los Angeles will pull it off but I wouldn't be so if Denver won I wouldn't be surprised just the way the series is going and the momentum is shifting um, I think also it's exposing a little bit of the situation with Kawhi and Paul George because we have two, like, remember we talked about this in the beginning episodes about how having the two best supposed defenders in the league, but it doesn't show it that much, you know? And I'm not saying anything about Kawhi or Paul George, they're not great defensive players, but I think people don't understand, like, they're getting, not, they're not as young as they once was, you know? Mm-hmm. This is not 2012 Paul George against Miami. This is not 2012 Kawhi Leonard against Miami. You know, they age, you got to take your time and be patient yourself. They're still great athletes. They're still some of the best players in the league. I just wonder, is this going to expose a little bit of that mindset that the Clippers have the best defense in the NBA? That's actually a good point. And to the point before, both of the teams that you mentioned were against Miami. So you could even argue that both of those guys gained their notoriety uh, from playing against Brian. And I remember that Pacers series vividly. And yeah. PG did not do a great. Brian still did what he wanted to do. It was more of the yeah. one of those things of uh, PG was going back and forth with him, bucket for bucket. Uh, it felt like, and in the Kawhi situation, uh, it was one of those things where he wasn't asked to score, and so because he wasn't asked to score. Um, he could put all of his efforts into playing defense on Brian and not have to worry about going up and getting shots. And at some point, uh, it shifted to where Kawhi became more of a two-way player. It might have been right after that that he shifted to um, taking on more tasks on the offensive side of the ball. But it was after you saw glimpses of that kind of defense that uh, we then put them both in that category of being two-way players. When the reality is that nobody is playing lockdown defense because the idea of lockdown defense doesn't exist in the NBA. The no, lockdown defense now is somebody having to shoot 30 shots to get 30 points. They're still getting the number, so to speak. They're just getting it at a higher volume of shots. And that's considered shutting somebody down. And as low, as far back as maybe early 2000s, like 2004 or whatever, 
Not yeah. Pistons versus the Lakers because Shaq still did whatever the hell he wanted to. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. So well, Ben Wallace shut him down. Like there will be average no twenty eight on this podcast. Huh? Well, he averaged twenty. How you averaged more than what you averaged during <laughs> the playoffs? And people, oh, he shut him down. What? What numbers are we looking at? But I think it more or less had to do with the Pistons that people just really didn't think that. That, because the Lakers put a push, the Lakers didn't win, so they're gonna fall, have a fall guy. And I guess Shaq was that fall guy. They were saying that he wasn't productive, which I didn't see it. Yeah, this is the same thing about Cole. Man, Cole had his right. numbers too. They just stopped everybody else. Let them boys yeah. score and then stopped everybody else. But the narrative was that we shut down Shaq and Kobe. Nah, fam. And that's kind of where impossible. I was going with that. Yeah, is that. We don't have those senses of like shutting down players. You make life difficult for them um, so much so that they have to put up a bunch of shots. But as far as shutting them down and them not scoring, no, good scores are going. James Harden uh, will still get 20 or 30 points and shoot two of 10 from the field, but he's a master at getting to the line. So did you really shut him down? No, he still got his numbers. He just wasn't efficient hitting his shots. Yeah. Just side note, um, not to get off this series, but uh, I asked my boy this question too, and he said, hell, why not? If you're the Rockets, do you show interest in trade talks for James Harden? Let's see what you can get for him. Because, uh, I mean, at this, with the players taking back the power, um, and taking it away from the owners, why not see what's out there for him? I think the only person, no, no, because even Bron has entered in trade talks in the sense of being with the Lakers or what have you. And so, what, why not? Because if they walk kind of like uh, Giannis, if he walks, what do you get? You're not getting anything for him. So why not see what you can get for him asset wise? Because at the end of the day, we're still talking about a business. It is the, there's the love for all of the sports, but the bottom line is usually the bottom line. And how can you keep that bottom line? Not red. Right. He still has that huge contract that Houston gave him. Um, I guess, I guess where I'm coming from is that how long do you, you try this. How long do you try this method of James Harden being your score, top MVP candidate, scoring titles for the playoffs? And I'm not even blaming him for this loss, but it just seems like it's the same story. Are you blaming him? Oh, <laughs> I wasn't blaming him. <laughs> go ahead, go ahead, put your point. I got it. I got it. Okay. Well, I um, as I was watching that game on Saturday. Uh, it's just had me a lot of thoughts running in my mind. First, I'd like to say that uh, D'Antoni has, you know, decided to not rejoin the team and is looking to join another team. Rumors, Pacers, uh, Pelicans. I've even heard rumors of uh, there's another team that might let go of their coach. I doubt that he'll fit with the Clippers. But um, D'Antoni's gone, so that system was out. Now, I'm I'm just looking at it like it has to be very frustrating with Westbrook and Harden to see their peers get to the level that they want to get to as far as championships. Uh, most of their peers have titles. You got Clay, Steph, that KD, 
although it's questionable what KD did. Um, I guess you could LeBron makes a little bit of an older player. You got Kawhi, um, maybe possibly Paul George if they do good this year and win the title. So I wonder, does James Harden think like, maybe I need to find something new and fresh and start over? But I know him and Brody got a great relationship and this is only year one. But I just, I don't know. I know how Dan Morley is too. He's a win now, ask questions later type guy. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I he said, Harden said in the press conference, they're just a piece away. I don't know what that piece is. I don't know if it's Jesus, God, I don't know <laughs> who can help them. Because it's just like, you got two MVP candidates, um, just two of the best players in the league. I like Westbrook to a certain extent. I, I like James Harden. I, I follow him in college, but I'm not I'm not the biggest fan, but I like his his uh scoring ability. But I don't know, man. I don't know what to do. I, I think that they should try to start fresh, but I know I don't know. I'm really I that's why I'm not a GM saying because I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> so, um in your opinion, you said that James Harden was the reason that they lost that playoff series against the Lakers. Explain to me how you feel that way. Well, um, if you have someone that's dominating the ball for, we'll, we'll get, we'll be nice and say 19 seconds that he's cooking up and what have you. And when he's on, it's amazing, right? He's able to knock down all of the, the shots, do all of these spectacular things. Uh, but the moment that that shot isn't falling and then he needs to get his teammates involved, um, he's unable to do so at a high enough percentage to where it keeps those guys in the game. I feel like if you can go out and get your own shot as a star player, your priority should be getting everybody else involved so that when you do need to call on them to uh, hit this shot or be ready to take advantage of this scenario, they've gotten themselves warm. Uh, they've gotten up enough shots. They've gotten all of the confidence needed for them to take said shots and they're not um, shooting from a sense of just being super cold. Uh, also, I feel like outside of Skip Bayless, because he'll come after him, Harden doesn't take <laughs> as much uh, criticism um, for his accountability in all of this or in general for the, well, his teammates didn't do what they were supposed to do. And it's just kind of like, but if this is the star player, that's the person who gets looked at first. And if you're going to be that guy, that criticism comes along with it. They're quick to throw Russ under the bus for his uh, terrible shot selection. And I would argue that his shot selection versus say a Kyrie or Kimbo prior to getting to uh Boston, Kyle Lowry, some of your superstars that you're just going to throw out yeah. there. That, uh, Kyrie does have a bad shot selection. I, mean, I know I I probably because I like Kyrie to a certain extent, but I will agree. Some of his shot selection is very questionable. Deion Waiters, <laughs> J.R. Smith, I can go down the list of players that uh, <laughs> take questionable shots, but based on their popularity, it's not looked at as them taking bad shots. It's more of them putting the team on their back. And I feel like as a whole, Harden doesn't get that same kind of criticism. It turns into, right. well, he's the only one over there that can do X, Y, and Z, and that's why he's doing everything he's doing. So we're making excuses for him not uh, 
being that complete player. And in my mind, like I said, if I'm if I'm the best player on the team, my job is to get everybody going first because I know I can get my shot off whenever I want to. I know uh, no one can guard me one on one in this NBA. So why do I need to make sure that I have 30 shots up before anybody else has five? Yeah, I, you know, with James Harden, he's a he's a capable passer. He's actually a capable defender. People don't realize when that OKC team, he was actually playing defense. He was actually one of their best defenders besides Roberson. And, you know, with him being able to easily get to the hole, like I said, he's one of the best scorers I've ever seen. But that I watched a video today from Kobe Bryant, and this was with the interview with him and Tracy McGrady. And they asked him about James Harden's level of play and how he plays. And I'm guessing this was around the time James Harden won the MVP, I'm guessing. And um, he pretty much said that he loved, he likes how he plays, but that's not championship basketball. He says yeah. easily be able to defend in the playoffs because you just got one player on the top of the key playing one-on-one. You can isolate and let them do the one-on-one thing, but they're going to shut down everything else. And that's crazy. Kobe Bryant said this, what, a year or two ago, you know, and for it to still show that nothing has changed as you watch the playoffs against the Lakers, um, I thought it would be a more competitive series, but AD is a monster. LeBron is a, you know, he's a, to me, I feel like he might be the MVP just the way he's been playing. Um, But... Yeah, man. I, I don't know. I heard rumors of Jeff Van Gundy coming back to the Rockets, but Jeff Van Gundy not about to play that. He talks about it when he's a, he's commentating the games about how they need to get this, they need to get that. And he made a good point about the Clippers and the Rockets. He was saying it was, I think his uh, co-commentator, I forgot his name, but he was saying like, yeah, and the, these teams are championship contenders. And Jeff Van Gundy replied, well, they're not champion contenders playing like this. This is not what contenders do. And I was yeah. like, well, that's true. <laughs> and, I, and that does apply for the Clippers. That does apply for the Rockets. You know, although Denver Nuggets is a very talented team, and that they're going to possibly, I think, between them and Dallas and, and the New Orleans get, to get it together. Those, to me, and maybe Atlanta, too. Those three, four teams are the, the future. But you're the Clippers. You have quote unquote a Hall of Fame coach which I that's questionable um, you have because <laughs> this would be his third 3-1 league he's in blue um, when he was with the Orlando Magic and they had Tracy McGrady the Pistons came back from a 3-1 league then the Clippers I believe they was going against Golden State or either it was Golden State or San Antonio one of those two teams or OKC I don't know but 3-1 league was blown now this 3-1 league get blown yeah I don't know about that but you got Kawhi Leonard <laughs> finals MVP twice perennial all-star you got Paul George all NBA teams a couple times you got Trez your sixth man of the year you got Lou Williams it's like a two-time sixth man of the year you got Patrick Beverly who's a dog you got you even got Joe Kim Noah just chilling on the bench they might need to play him a little bit more <laughs> but you got all these roles and to me, it's like, it's all about, like you said, coaching. It's all about playing the right way and making sure your, you know, your best player can distribute. I think that's why the Lakers have so much luck because LeBron's able to distribute, able to get the ball to AD. Maybe, you know, with the Rockets, 
if James defer to Westbrook a little bit more and get, get Brody going, he can feed off of that. Now you got to guard both of them. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Maybe it's the gameplay. Who knows? <laughs> but saying um, right now, uh, it's just the NFL and NBA going on. But college football did start this week, although the Big Ten and I don't even think the Pac-12 was playing. Is the Pac-12 playing? I don't think um, they're playing. No, I thought they uh, opted out too. Yeah. Um, I try to watch college football. I tried to watch a game and it was terrible. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good. I, I can't do it, man. I'm sorry, everybody that listens to our podcast. I don't think we're going to be reporting on this season of college football unless the Big Ten get reinstated, which I have heard rumors that they're going to vote to see if one more time the Big Ten wants to come back and play. Um, it's kind of like hard to say. Really, I don't want to see it. But mm-hmm. if you got high school football playing in Michigan while you don't have college. You know, that's the argument they're going to give, which I think, like I said, I don't know if it's worth all that. It's going to take a couple of cases for all this to be shattered and destroyed, but uh, I guess I'm, my last question to you is... The Rock going to have to cure COVID. <laughs> <laughs> if the Big Ten get reinstated, are you going to watch your boys, the Buckeyes, play? Nah, I'm... <laughs> I think I'm, I don't know if it's the uh, thought of being uh, sitting on my morals or what have you. Um, I'll, I guess checking scores is against, uh, would be against it too. But I just don't think that we need sports that bad as much as, much crap uh-huh. as we got going on in the world. The only thing that we can think of is let's go and watch these kids play sports. So let's watch these grown men play sports because there's nothing else that we could be doing right now, which just doesn't make any sense to me whatsoever. Uh, but still in that same breath, like, I would love to see my boys get win number nine uh, and tie that. I think it's the, yeah, it's the longest streak and it would be that much more relevant because the mugs that sit there and talk about the longest streak, like you realize that happened in 1910, right? if we're just tossing out numbers and whatnot. <laughs> but it would be nice to see them gain. Uh, it'd be nice to see them gain that win, but not at the expense or the health of uh, these players if this virus is as deadly as it has been made out to be. Yeah. And if it hasn't, then what the hell? <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think even if they reinstate the Big Ten, I mean, you're still going to empty stadiums. You're still going to have a question because, oh, the Big Ten got more time to rest. It's not fair to the SEC and all this crap. It's just going to be so much. I just watch it. Just wait till next year when things get a little bit better. Um, I think everything, I, like I said, I like football. I love basketball. But I'm not in dire need when there's a pandemic going on. Yeah. Like, I like to go to the bar and watch the game. That don't mean I got to be there every day. <laughs> it's a pandemic going on. I don't want to, you know, it's like, I, it's just, you got to use common sense. I think this is showing us what's more important to people and that's entertainment and money. Yeah. So I, I got to, I, I guess I, for the podcast, for everybody that's listening, I'll watch Big Ten if they come back on. I'll watch Michigan get blown out again so Saint can talk crap to me about it. Oh yeah, you know it's gonna happen, but nonetheless, it's just you know I, I just don't think that it's any. I don't think the need for it is as great as we're as it's being made out to be. 
Right, I agree. But saying we about to end this podcast, is there anything you'd like to mention before we leave? Uh, shoot, not that I could think of off the top of my head. I know that the goal is to go on ahead and try to double up. I just the NBA season, the playoffs are going, and then the NFL season has started. Oh, um, that's what it was. So, how you felt about watching college football? Or just like this is terrible. That's exactly how I feel yeah. when I see college basketball. Like, bro, I cannot watch <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah, there's so much more passion. About, nah, I used I used to ask you questions about college basketball. You'd be like, who? You like, oh, yeah, I heard him. <laughs> yeah, you really don't have an interest. I got a buddy that's like that. Uh, he doesn't like uh, he doesn't like NBA. He likes college sports, but he, he's the other. He's the opposite. He doesn't like the NBA. Um, you know, everybody got their preferences. College basketball, I like a lot, but it's it's not like the golden era. You know, a lot of players, which I don't blame, are one and done. Um, you got a lot of coaches are moving to different universities. It's become more of a like a, I guess a, a spectacle than more than a just like the tradition. I mean, the tradition is still there. You got your Duke versus North Carolina. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll have your Michigan versus Michigan State type things. But honestly, it's it's not the same. I hate to say it. I used to love. Just having that feel of like, okay, JJ Reddick, he has three years. I couldn't stand Tyler Hansborough, but it was fun to watch them play. And people, you know, try to hurt him because I hated him. So I love that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when he got his nose busted, I was so happy. And even like, I think honestly, the last time I've really seen college basketball be college basketball was probably when. Austin Rivers was playing at Duke. Uh-huh. Maybe a little, you know, they had a little rivalry, even though he was one and done as well. It still felt like college basketball. I think once after Austin Rivers and the Kyrie came, it was just like, yeah, I'm good. And all those stacked Kentucky teams, I was like, yeah, yeah I, I'm kind of good. And then like seven of them go to the draft and only like four of them are good. It was like, yeah, I, I'm kind of straight. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of good. But I remember just being a young kid and I used to want to play for Duke. I wanted to play college basketball. Let me tell you something, Saint. I did play junior college for a minute. And I was like, yo, this is tough. I couldn't imagine D1 basketball right now because <laughs> the speed was so different. It was like, all right, come on, come on. I'm like, yo, wait, hold on. Slow this boy down. Yeah. Like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> come on, okay. we running. We running. We just got down here. <laughs> we got a shot clock? What is that big clock there? Oh, oh nah. Because I remember, and then I played semi-pro ball. And it's like, all right, we got a, we got a clock. And I was okay with that, but... That's still tough, man. So I give it to the athletes that's able to do it. But I'm with you, man. I, they, they're starting to have college basketball this year. I'm not going to be into it. It's not going to be March Madness. It's not going to... Because of all this COVID stuff, it's, it's just... It's washed. Just wait till next year. Start fresh. My opinion, but... Hey, it's too late now. Yeah, it's already going. We can't do nothing about it now. Right. <laughs> Boy, God. Just, <laughs> right. But... Thank you for everybody that's listening to the Roundtable Podcast. This is episode 12. Uh, Please follow the Roundtable Podcast 
page on Instagram and also check us out on Spotify, Apple, Anchor, and other platforms. And turn them notifications on. I don't know, do we get do we get notifications? I think you do get notifications. Turn <laughs> yeah. notifications on. Yeah, you can uh, do it. <laughs> All right, so catch y'all next week. <laughs>